0: So the ministry of Christ, Matthew 4, 23 through 25, and he, Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And so his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. He didn't say were you good today he didn't say have you been a good boy have you been a good he didn't say "Uh, you know well, you're 70 years old you're probably gonna die soon anyway i'm not gonna he didn't say any of that the bible says he healed them if they came to him in faith he healed them and great crowds followed him from galilee and the decapolis and from jerusalem and judea and from beyond Jordan. So, kind of a little introduction. The coming of the Messiah was prophesied throughout the scriptures and was anticipated throughout the centuries. The expectations were that he would come as a military leader to help the Jewish people conquer their oppressors. At this particular time, it was the Romans, and so he was going to come as a military general, get everybody together, and with the power of God, they were going to overthrow the Roman Empire, and elevate the Jews to a position of, uh, of, you know, conquerors. So when Jesus, however, did come, he didn't come that way. He was still the Messiah, but he came as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger. His ministry didn't begin until 30 years old at his baptism. He did vanquish an enemy, but he didn't vanquish a physical enemy. He vanquished an unseen one. What did his ministry look like? That's the subject for today. And what I hope we realize is that his ministry didn't end at the cross, but was extended by the cross. So we want to look at, first of all, what is Jesus' ministry? Luke 3, 21 through 22, the Bible says, When all the people were baptized, when Jesus had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were open. the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dug, and a voice came from heaven that said, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well Please. Now, at this particular moment, Jesus wasn't born again. He was born uh, in right relationship with God. The Spirit of God was always with him. Um, he had no sin. The Bible says uh, uh, the wages of sin is death. He had no sin in him, so he was from the moment that he was conceived, he was in right relationship with God. The Spirit of God lived in him. So what happened when he was baptized in water? When he was baptized in water, the Spirit of God came upon him. Now, we're a little bit different. The Bible says, for all have sinned, not Christ, but all of us, everyone have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we need to be born again. When we are born again, you don't become a part of a church. That's not, I mean, uh, that's uh, thats not how you get born again. By signing a membership form, uh, you know, by attending a, a class, that's not how you get born again. What makes you a Christian is none of that. What makes you a Christian is when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, and then what happens is there's a supernatural experience that takes place. You are washed of your sins, and the spirit of the living God actually comes and lives inside of you. Uh, you old thing, you are, you are a new creation in Christ all things have passed away all things have become new you are born anew you are born of the spirit But when you are born of the Spirit, it doesn't mean you've been baptized by the Spirit. It doesn't mean you've been empowered by the Spirit. What happened with Jesus is what happens with us when after we've been born again, we submit to God according to his word. He said, do not leave Jerusalem is what he told the original apostles who had been born again by this time. Do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. What happens when you receive the promise of the Father, Acts 1 and 8? You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's what's happening with Jesus. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So th- I'm just trying to liken that experience. That's what's happening with Jesus is the Spirit of God came upon him. And the power of God now was released through his ministry. He said, Well, wait a minute. He's the Son of God. He is the Son of God, but nothing on this earth did he do. He was always the Son of God with the power of God's, with, with, he, the Bible says he left his God like power aside. So he did it with God's power, but not as God. He did it as a man uh, submitted to the Spirit of God as the Spirit of God moved through his life. That's how he did the works that he did. That's how he preached. That's how he did everything that he did. And why is that important to us? Because Jesus. Jesus." Jesus' ministry is supposed to be our ministry. And you might say to yourself, well, I'm not God. Well, he didn't function as God. He functioned as a man empowered by the Spirit of God. And if he can function as a man empowered by the Spirit of God, he's given us the promises and the privileges of functioning just like he did. Now, let me just caveat that because I know how people think. We're not God. We are children of God. But the same Spirit that rested on Jesus rests on us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So anyway, what happened when Jesus was baptized in the Spirit? The Bible says he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Uh, But then in Luke 4.14, the Bible says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went throughout all the surrounding country. What kind of ministry? See, his ministry began on that day. What kind of ministry did he have? Matthew 4.23, our text says he went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming. The gospel of the kingdom. How did he do that? Luke 4:18 and 19. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, He has empowered me, He has graced me to talk about, to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What this was, was a ministry of proclamation. It was a spirit-empowered ministry. By the power of God, Jesus proclaimed the good news. The good news is that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is still the good news today. The better news for us is we experience the kingdom of God because of the work that Jesus did at the cross of Calvary. You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you have been born again. How do I get born again? I just told you. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was a ministry of proclamation. And I want to tell you today, and we'll get into this here in a minute, is that as as we allow the Spirit of God to empower us, He gives us the power to do what many of us uh, struggle to do on our own. It's the anointing of God that equips us, not, yes, to preach, but I don't want to define it and, and limit it to just preaching, but it's the anointing of God that actually empowers us to tell people about Jesus. You say, well, I'm not a preacher, but all of us are supposed to tell people about Jesus. Amen? So how do we do that? Uh, Well, the way Jesus did it. He he had a ministry of proclamation empowered by the Spirit of God, but he also had a ministry of demonstration. Matthew 4.23, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So he not only talked about the good news, he demonstrated the good news it's one thing to say hey uh, if you're sick come and I want to give you a good message that's great but if you're sick you don't just want a good message you also want somehow something to change in your life so Jesus would preach about the good news and then he would pray with them and who he would pray with them then the Bible says in, in uh, uh, Acts ten thirty-eight, he went around do he was uh, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and he went around doing good healing all those who were afflicted of the enemy for God was with him so it was a ministry of demonstration his fame spread uh, can also be understood as the report of him spread because we have this kind of weird thing about this word fame so if you use the word report instead of fame the report of him spread so while Jesus was working in the Fear that he was allotted at the moment. He said he came into his own, and his own received them not. He said, don't leave the territory of Israel. In his particular case, he was limiting his preaching ministry to the territory of Galilee. That's where he was at. So he never left uh, uh, for that first couple of years of his ministry. He would go to Jerusalem every so often, but basically he worked in Galilee. And um, the works, while he was in some sense confined to that area, the report of him was not. And that's what's interesting to me when I first read this passage. The Bible says his fame or his report spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick those afflicted with various diseases and pains those oppressed by demons those having seizures and paralytics and he healed them and great crowds followed him from galilee and the decapolis from jerusalem from judea and from beyond the jordan so anyway i decided to look all these up jesus was in one particular area called galilee and if you look all these up the bible says And the report of him went everywhere. So it didn't just stay in Galilee, it went all the territories around Galilee. And then the Bible says when the report of him went through all these areas, they brought to him the sick, the diseased, all those that were paralyzed, that needed healing. They brought to him from this territory, from this territory, from this territory, from this territory, from this territory. territory, All the surrounding territories that heard about what Jesus was doing in that little center section where he was having uh, uh, his ministry taking place, they said, I want to go be a part of that. And they didn't have buses, they didn't have trains, they didn't have planes, they didn't have automobiles. Sounds like a name for a movie, doesn't it? They didn't have any of that. So what did they do? They didn't care. They loaded up the sick. How did they do it? I don't know. Maybe some people had to come on a crutch. Some people had to come being carried by others. But they weren't bringing whole people. They were bringing unwhole people that were lame. They were sick. They were diseased. They had all these kind of things. But they heard the report of what Jesus was doing. What was he doing? He was proclaiming, but he was also demonstrating. And when they heard, you see, there's a lot of people today proclaiming, and the gospel is going about everywhere, but Jesus doesn't want to limit what he does to proclamation. There is some kind of, of uh, understanding going around in churches today that there is no more demonstration anymore. That's hogwash. That's what the enemy wants us to believe. And we're not saying that, the bio, that, that these people that, 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 that are, are, are proclaiming that are the enemy. What we're saying is they've been deceived by the enemy. Yeah. And they're, they're not allowing the power of God that God wants to demonstrate. How do you know he wants to demonstrate? Because Jesus himself was the actual representation of the Father. This is the heart of God. If you want to know what the heart of God looks like and what God's will is, look at Jesus. And if Jesus is doing this, and this is what is happening, then my contention is, and where we're going to go today, is that he wants to do the same thing today. You have to have proclamation. We're, we thank God for proclamation. Even those that don't believe in demonstration, I thank God for proclamation. They're doing a wonderful job proclaiming. We just got to add to that demonstration. Why are people coming to church anymore? Because they're hearing, but they're not, un, they're not receiving. They're not, their lives aren't being touched. The power of God has to be released. It's good to have a, a, a something ready for you when you die. We want to make sure that everybody is saved. But God doesn't want you to have a good experience when you die. He wants you to have an abundant life here when you live. He said, can you prove that to me? John 10 and 10. The thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life. He doesn't say, I came that you might have a good death. You ever thought about that? He said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. What does that abundant life look like? Jesus, full of Holy Spirit and power, went around doing good healing. All who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. You say, well, we pray for people and we don't see all. No, the bar is at all. We maybe see some, but we're not going to stop until we see all. He said, well, what if you don't ever see all? Well, we're going to shoot for all. Because that's what Jesus demonstrated for us, right? And so what if I come and I get prayed for and I don't receive, come back again? Well, what if I come back again and I don't receive, come back again? See, the bar is all. All of us are encompassed by all. And you say, well, well, if I get prayed for more than once, is that not having faith? Not to me. To me is, I didn't get it the first time. I believe God I'm supposed to get it. So I'm going to keep doing whatever I got to do until I receive. Because the Bible says all the promises of God are yes. To which we come into agreement by saying amen. We put faith to his word. We mingle the word of God with faith as we mingle the word of god with faith the power of god is released into our life let me just say this as an aside so we're going to pray for people this morning some people we pray for band you're going to get the whole how you call it kit and caboodle. you're going to get it all i mean boom you're going to get everything sometimes when we get prayed for however the bible says they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover so in other words you'll get something but you may not see a complete recovery until a day two days a week or whatever the case may be but you'll get better and better and better over a process of time we, we believe that why do you believe that because the word of god teaches us that so what do i do if i don't get uh, healed right away i mean i get prayed for but i don't keep the switch of faith on that's what Kenneth Hagin used to say i like that he said just keep the switch of faith on don't turn the switch off right right because when something does start happening, you got that switch off, there's no connection. You just keep the switch on, and whenever that power is released, it's going to go where it needs to go. Why does it work that way? I don't know. I can't explain to everything about God. I just can't. I just know this is how it works. Now, some of you get prayed for, and when we get prayed for, you will get, um, and we've, we've explained this before, but I, just feel, I, I feel led to explain it again this morning. He said, so when you go to the doctor and you get a prescription, sometimes they'll give you one dose of something and that's it but that's very rare most of the time when i've gotten uh, i go to the doctor he says okay you need to take this pill and you need to take uh uh, 200 milligrams and you need to take it uh three times a day 10 days in a row right okay so now now just hold on miss lucy because i'm not finished yet i've got an illustration here all right so what happens is so if you take if you take one of that prescription you take one 200 milligram pill and you say "Ah, it didn't help nothing happened i ain't taking that anymore well guess what you you just cut off what you need to be able to experience the healing that you need we're talking in a natural sense okay so when you come and get prayed for first of all we don't know what kind of dose you got we don't know if you got a 100-milligram dose, a 200-milligram dose, a 300-milligram. We don't know what you got, right? And we don't know if that's the first round of a series of doses or if you got the whole kit and caboodle. So we've got to have this idea that when I come get prayed for, it's a, if I don't see a complete healing of that particular moment, it doesn't mean nothing happened. It means I got a dose, but I got to go back again and get another dose. And I got to go back again and get another dose. You see, uh, there are people throughout history that have had very successful ministries in healing because their mindset was not, well, we'll pray for you and you might get healed or you might not. Or, you know, some people just do, some people just don't, you know, and they got bogged down in that. That's not their mindset. Their mindset is everybody should get healed. And so well, what, what do I do? He said, you keep going back for prayer until you see God's word come to fruition in your life. You hear what I'm saying? So they used to have healing homes. And healing homes, that's all they did. They prayed for people to get healed, people to get healed, people to get healed. So people could come up to, as long as they wanted to. Some people, they'd go for a week, and the next thing you know, they wouldn't come back. They'd call them, what happened? Well, I got healed. Some people go for two weeks. They wouldn't come back. They'd call them, I'd say, what happened? Well, I got healed. Some people come for 30 days. And I, I remember one particular thing. Oh, you come for 30 days, and you just quit? He said, no, I got healed. But see, their mindset was different. Their mindset is, I'm supposed to get healed. And if I'm not getting healed, it's not because God's not doing His part. It's because I've got to continue and persevere until I see the full manifestation of what God is doing in my life. Right? You hear what I'm saying? And we have to have that mindset. And what I want to do as I present the Word of God, I want you to see the bar is they all were healed. And the bar for us is they are will heal. And the other thing that I thought about, and I'm not including that in this message this morning, but I'll go ahead and touch on it. I see a rabbit trail. (laughs) Is this. There's something about corporate faith. There's something about being in a community where more and more people believe. I don't understand it. I do understand this principle. One can put a thousand to fight and two can put... 10,000 apply. Where two or three are gathering his name, there he is in the midst of them. But there's something about four or five or six or seven or eight or nine grabbing hold of that yoke. And, and it seems like that, that when, when faith begins to rise, the greater things begin to happen. Or it becomes easier for people to experience and to receive what God has promised in his word. All right? Okay. So anyway, let me get back off that rabbit trail and get back to where we were. Okay. So the report of what he was saying and the report of what he was doing was spreading like wildfire. As a result, even though Jesus did not leave the geographical region of Galilee, people were coming to him from all over the neighboring regions because they heard the reports of Jesus. It's still my contention that that's going to happen today. Thank you. Thank you. I'll pay y'all after service. (laughs) Everybody says, huh? No, it's my contention. This is what's supposed to happen today. When God breaks out, you can't hold, you can't keep him away. When they hear that God is healing, see, but we just think, well, that's so rare. That only happens in some places. It's rare because we believe it's rare. It's rare because we act like it's rare. But I believe that the promises of God are Yes, and I believe we can get into agreement in prayer and believe God and be doing the things of God and allow God to move in our midst. I believe that we're going to see the miracles of God become normal. How do you know that? Because the Bible says when they become normal in Acts 19, he had to step it up to extraordinary, extra normal miracles began to take place because miracles were normal and what happens when they hear that God is moving well I you know people used to say like well, there's a spa that you can go to in France and if you go to this spa and you do everything they tell you to do you could be healed people would fly spend thousands of dollars to go to a spa or there's this place in the desert if you go over there and do what they you know when you're sick you'll do anything you'll try anything of course you're going to go to the doctor but they can't help you. you try something else you try something else you do whatever you can to get healed well when god's moving why would you think people won't come because they have the opportunity to be free from something that nothing else could set them free from and that is the god that we serve Amen. So anyway, as the reports of Him went everywhere, uh, uh, people from all the neighboring regions uh, began to come because they heard the reports of Jesus. So the second point we're going to look at is Jesus' ministry ex- extended. Matthew 9:36 through10:1. When he saw the crowds, he wasn't disappointed. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. And because he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I need help. I need more people. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. And at that particular time, he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Jesus recognized the enormity of the work and realized now was the time to extend his ministry through the disciples that were with him. He brings them to himself, and he authorizes them to go forth and do what he himself had been doing. What was their ministry going to look like? They were going to go forth teaching, and they were going to go forth healing, just as Jesus was doing. Proclamation. And demonstration. You listening to me? So the twelve proclaimed and demonstrated. Luke nine one through six. He called the twelve together, gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And by the way, not some demons, not most demons, all demons. And to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, and to heal. What does heal mean? To demonstrate to release the power of God to proclaim the good news of God and to demonstrate the power of God and he said to them take nothing for your journey no staff no bag nor bread no money and do not have two tunics and whatever house you enter stay there and from there depart and wherever they do not receive you when you leave that town shake out the dust from your feet as a testimony against them and they departed and went throughout the villages preaching the gospel and healing em- everywhere what did they do they proclaim and they demonstrate where did they learn how to do that from Jesus where they get the authority to do that? From Jesus. And here's what's interesting. Verse 10. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. Now, why is this important? Because when they came back, what they told him was, hey, everything that you said for us to do, we did. We did. We preached, and we demonstrated we did what you did yes. because you said we could do it you said, yeah. we, didn't, we had doubts about it but we did it, we obeyed and when we went, we proclaimed yeah. and we did Amen. isn't that amazing? Yeah. they didn't go to seminary they didn't go to seminary they did go to the best seminary if there was called a call to seminary time, is they got hung out with Jesus yeah. and when they hung out with Jesus they saw what Jesus did and when they saw what Jesus did, they learned how to do what Jesus did We got to stop looking at what the traditional church is doing and start going back to what jesus did so there was the 12 and then jesus said i need more so then he got the 72 and what did the 72 do they proclaimed and they demonstrated luke 10 1-2 after this the lord appointed 72 others And sent them out ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go and he said to them the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into your harvest into his harvest into whose harvest his harvest go your way behold I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves we will jump down to verse 8 read for verses 8 and 9 whenever you enter a town and they receive you eat what is set before you heal the sick in it so they demonstrate and say to them so they proclaim right. the kingdom of God has come near to you how do we know the kingdom of God has come near to you because of the works that we're doing yeah. we gotta move we gotta we don't just need to have words we need to have works yeah. see see religion today that's what people call Christianity religion today in the minds of people is that's just all words yeah. they're just uh, uh, what you call it effective talkers they lure people in with their words. You know what? What they can't they can't deny is power. When you have a lame person that can walk, you can deny the words, but you can't deny the power. And when you got both, let two or three testify in my name. Right? You have two. Two witnesses testifying. You have the word of God and you have the power of God. And then you have the miracles that are demonstrated before people. And that's why testimonies are so important. Luke 10 17 through 20, he had sent these 72 out, and the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Why did he saw Satan fall like lightning? Because they did what he told them to do they went and they preached, and they went and they healed. Part of healing was getting people set free yeah. Yeah. from depression, from discouragement, from uh, uh, schizophrenia, from all the power of God set people free from all of that, yeah, right? And when they came back, say, so even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, yeah. Yeah. not some, no. not most, no. all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So while Jesus was on the planet, his ministry and his extended ministry through the disciples were miraculous in scope. They proclaimed, they demonstrated. But what happened? Jesus died. But he didn't just die. He was buried. He was buried. But it didn't stop there. The Bible says he rose again and he ascended into heaven. So what became of his ministry then? Jesus had said, it's expedient for you that I go away. And I'm going to give you just the the gist of it. You can go back and read John and you can figure it out for yourself. But the bottom line is he said, when I go up, the Holy Spirit that's on me is going to be released to you. Not just the Spirit to be born again, that's important. We are never going to minimize being born again. That is so important. Because what good is it to have power and not have your name written in the book of life? But we're not going to minimize the work of the Spirit by limiting it limiting it to just being born again. Because it's not just power to get you a good, uh, 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 into heaven. It's power to change the life of others through you. So Jesus' ministry after he ascended through the church then, that's the third point. Matthew 28, 18-20, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So if Jesus has all authority, how much authority does the devil have? None. And Jesus, in his authority, tells his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. It is a ministry of proclamation. Proclamation. What he sent them to do, Acts 2, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. Now in this particular instance, they were speaking in other tongues, but the tongues that they were speaking when they went out onto the streets, other people could hear in their own languages. It doesn't happen all the time today, but that's what was happening back then. They were speaking in tongues personally up in the, in the room, and then when they went out onto the streets, they were speaking in another kind of tongue that people could understand. But in Acts 2, 12 through 14, the Bible says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. Peter, the one who had denied Jesus three times, he said, I am not leaving. I'm going to stand with you. He was gone. But what happened now? power of God was released into his life. The power of God was released into his life. When he saw this whole crowd gathering around him, not looking too good, he didn't decide to run. He decided to stand up because now it wasn't just Peter. It was Peter and the Holy Ghost. And Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. So what is he doing? He is proclaiming, right? Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. And bottom, bottom line is what he said. He preached a John the Baptist sermon. He said, Jesus was crucified by you. And they didn't crucify him. They said, what must we do to be saved? And in Acts 4. 42 through uh, uh, I don't have that in there but he said believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and you you and all those who are far off will receive uh, the gift of salvation and the Holy Spirit as well so anyway Acts 2 42 through 43 the Bible says after that day 3,000 I think it was three or 5,000 I think it's 3,000 were added to the church and the Bible says and they all the church devoted themselves to the Apostles teaching so what were they doing proclaiming and the fellowship you can't fellowship if you don't belong to a church. Right? I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. That's a bunch of hogwash. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a deception the enemy's giving you to try to keep you uh, uh, from the strength that you need to be able to function in the way God wants you to function. I don't have time for that today. But I'm just telling you, that ain't God. That's a deception. You can't have fellowship if you're not around other Christians. And going and attending a church is not fellowship. Because you don't know anybody. Coming in and then leaving and never talking, that's not fellowship. God wants us to have fellowship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and prayers. And what happened? Awe came upon every soul and many Wonders and signs were being done the context is in the church through the apostles well you have proclamation and you have Demonstration right in acts 429 through 33 Peter gets up after they've been told you're not going to talk about the Lord anymore He gets up goes back to the church and they say we're not going to do that We're going to believe the Lord and they pray and they say now Lord look upon their threats threats didn't go away Right they're not gonna eliminate that button on Facebook that says you can't be unfollowed that say you can't be not liked I'm being persecuted why three people not like me today they didn't say they didn't take away the threats but he said in the middle of threats ran to your servants boldness is bottom line to continue to speak your word with all boldness While you stretch out your hands to heal. Now, we want God to stretch out his hand to heal, but we don't want to have the boldness to proclaim. God, if you'll heal everybody, then people won't persecute me. No, why don't you stand up and and stand for God, whether they persecute or not, and you might find that the power of God is released anyway? Has to be both proclamation and demonstration. That's the way it works. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus so it's a ministry of proclamation and a ministry of demonstration John 14 and 12 truly I say to you whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these shall he do because I'm going to the Father and let me tell you something about Jesus when he was on the earth John uh, the Apostle John said if I were to write up down everything that Jesus did the world cannot contain the volumes that would be written right now we don't have a record of all that Jesus did but we do have John testifying that all Jesus did there just wouldn't be enough room on the planet to contain every work that he did and Jesus said greater works than these shall you do well, I can promise you we're not doing it yet But if one man, Jesus, was doing works that could fill up volumes that would fill up the whole earth, then what would it do if there were a thousand people that had Jesus living inside of them doing the same works that he did? It is no longer I that live but Christ in me and the life that I live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the innermost parts of the earth. Greater works than these shall you do. That'd be a great name for a band. You do. What Jesus was referring to was the outpouring of the Spirit of God that would be released upon his followers. The purpose was given by him and that was to continue the ministry that he had already been doing. Acts 5 12 through 16. Many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people. That word regularly is very important. Not sporadically, not intermittently, but regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. That's important too. They were all together. Remember what I said about corporate faith? None of the rest. Of the, of the city dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that even... Uh, that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by at least his shadow might fall on some of them and the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits and they were and this is what's what's important for me is that little word that three little word they're all it doesn't say and some of them were healed it says they were all healed now listen This isn't my testimony. I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to read something in here that's not there. This is the Bible. Don't we say this is my Bible? I am what it says I am? I knew I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Acts 6 and 8. Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great, not just wonders and signs. He was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Acts 8:48, 4 through 8. And the crowds with one accord for, yeah, were paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in the city. So what was Philip doing? He was proclaiming, and he was demonstrating. Acts 19, 11 through 20, God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. I didn't put this in there, but Paul had been teaching in the school of, uh, what's the name of that? School of, huh? Tyrannus, that's exactly right. He would teach, and the Bible says, all of Asia heard the word. So what was he doing? He was proclaiming. But he wasn't just proclaiming, he was also demonstrating because extraordinary miracles were being done by the hands of Paul. So that means we're not even going to report to you the ordinary ones. We're going to report the extraordinary ones. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. His ministry... Through the New Testament, church was amazing. What about today? What about Jesus' ministry through the church today? Ephesians 1, 16 through 23. I do not cease to give thanks for you. Paul is talking to the church, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. By the way, where has all things been put? Under his feet. Now, if we are his body, we can also say that all things have been put under. The problem is we don't believe it. We don't. Oh, the enemy's after me. Oh, he's told me, here's what he's told me, here's what he keeps saying to me. Well, stop listening to what he's saying and start listening to what God has said. See, the problem is, the problem is the enemy is louder than God. And he talks more vociferously than the Lord. And so the enemy's screaming and shouting how you're defeated, how you're lost, how nothing's going to happen. You're going to hell. You committed the unpardonable sin. You'll never be healed. You know, God doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. God's trying to keep stuff from you. He's constantly screaming that. Arm. And the Lord is just saying, I've, I've, I've I died for you. I've given you all authority over serpents and scorpions. I've given you the armor. Uh, 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 what is? It? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, rulers, spiritual wickedness, high places. Uh, how does the rest of that go yeah and what is the armor yeah yes and what's the armor part put on the armor of God so he's given us armor to put on but you know what it doesn't do you any good if you don't walk in the armor it doesn't do any good if you don't wield the sword of the spirit it doesn't do any good if you don't uh, exercise the authority he's given to you. Well, God, please do something. I've already done something. Now take the armament that I've given you and use it. I can do that? Yes. You can do that. What I want you to see is that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and has been given all rule and authority. He has made the head of the church. Oh, my gosh, I'm running late on I? Okay, I'm going just wrap it up and we'll finish next week. Is that right? Just... Oh, you want me to keep going? What about you? agree with that, Lewis? Okay, Lewis says we're going to keep going, so we're going to keep going, right? So if you have a problem with it, talk to Lewis. What I want you to see is that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, has been given all rule and authority. He's made a head of the church. That means the church is the body of Christ. We are the way Christ accomplishes his will and might I say his ministry to the world. Mark 16, 15 through eighteen. He said to them, "Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation." So you have proclamation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That word "saved" means much more than just I got a ticket to heaven. It means made whole—spirit, soul, body, relationships, finance, every dimension. Paul says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to make you whole for your salvation." And what? How do we? How do we? Ex- how do we uh, access that uh, to those who believe? And these signs will accompany those who believe. So not only have proclamation, but you have demonstration. And my name, uh, the, uh, the, uh, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In other words, the dynamic is here. When you go out there and do what I tell you to do, don't be worried about what the enemy can do for you because the enemy has no power and authority over you. You have power to trample upon him. It is a ministry of proclamation. Romans 10, 14 through 15. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? I got news for you. I can't go into the plants, but you can. I can't go into your home, but you can. I can't go into your schools, but you can. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're all supposed to proclaim. How are they going to hear unless someone tells them? And how are they to preach, or how are they to proclaim, or how are they to tell unless they are sent? He already said, go, therefore, into all the world. We have been sent. We have a mission. And the Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. It's supposed to be a ministry of proclamation and a ministry of demonstration. Romans 1.16, I already quoted that to you. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes. How are they going to believe if they don't hear? Acts 1 and 8. You turn to someone and say he's talking to you and you can turn back and say no no I think he's talking to you you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem today Samaria and say well we don't live over there and to the ends of the earth we do live there all who have believed and been born of the Spirit are now part of the body of Christ Christ's ministry continues through those born of and empowered by the Spirit. To what purpose? There to be His witnesses in the earth. In short, we are to continue the ministry that He began. What does that ministry look like? Well, we've already said it's a ministry of proclamation, and it's a ministry of demonstration. The ministry is the same. It's just to continue through you and I